Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's being driven by non-banks, um, especially those that have um, solid uh, fundamentals that consistently pay dividend. That is what is currently exciting investors. So if you talk about total... If you talk about Bob and MTN, those have been the leading lights on the market so far this year. So good, the return is good, but I would say that it's it's skewed towards some few stocks. In fact, when you look at the market generally, we've just had about seven stocks that have myjoyonline.com. Join users independent, fearless, and credible. Please it. General, here are excerpts of uh, his speech at the UN Security Council. I'm deeply concerned about the clear violations of international humanitarian law that we are witnessing in Gaza. Let me be clear, no party to an armed conflict is above international humanitarian law. The grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas, and those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment are the new Nazis. For beheading of a child, how you can agree to a ceasefire with someone who swore to kill and destroy your own Wednesday on the Joy Business Van. Johannes Klub, CEO of Blog on Voice. Okay, everything started from way back from my bed. You know, it was just playing around, falling in love with ITN. Providing tailored software solutions to grow businesses. Facility, you are not in Ghana, you have about four businesses in Ghana. You set the different branches. So when you're out, out there, you'll be able to know how many sales happen in your system, in your shop, this particular shop, at the end of the day. It's a whole new digital experience. Log on voice on the Joy Business Van. This Wednesday, on TV, radio, online, and on ground. The Joy Business Van is powered by Joy Business and supported by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and MTN. What are we doing today?
And thanks for staying with us here on the Joy News Channel. Uh, we're paying, uh, you know, that close attention to the international development, especially uh, with regard to Israel's war on Gaza. And this afternoon, we will be speaking to the Palestinian ambassador to Ghana as we explore uh, the solutions to this humanitarian crisis in the Middle East. But first, here's my colleague, Anzi Kofiye who's joining us in studio with uh, the latest research on the death toll and the humanitarian crisis accompanying uh, this conflict in the Middle East. Uh, Kofi, is a good time uh, to be talking to you, looking at the uh, numbers that we're looking at, uh, the latest coming through um, from Gaza. And, and the figures appear to... What's the latest in terms of the numbers? that these are human beings, in fact, people with lives that we are talking about, people with family. And as we speak, we can uh, talk about 700 Palestinians who have been killed uh, by the current Israeli airstrike at the Gaza Strip. And that's the latest, you know, um, um, update that we can have on this war. But we know why this has started. It's all because of the 7th, uh, you know, October uh, 2020, where they are on their knees to actually allow them to go and give humanitarian aid to those on the Gaza you know, stretch. This is not the first time that um, Israel has actually decided uh, to, to probably withdraw from Gaza or right. something like that. 2005, we saw the same thing happen. But they've explained, Israel has actually explained that this war or this um, attack is going to be in three folds. We are seeing probably the first one. The first one that we are seeing, their, their mandate or their target is to attack infrastructure of you know lower intensity areas where they they said they want to eliminate you know the terrorists their hideouts and all of those things and then, so Israel is saying that that will be their last stage and after that they are going to withdraw from Gaza for life so yeah. the latest statements from the UN Secretary General is talking tension mm. uh, Israel saying that they do not accept absolute uh, position on yeah. the matter stating that the conflict did not happen out of a vacuum Mm-hmm. Why is that becoming a major debate on the international? Well, I think Israel is now, um, you know, tagged out of the vacuum. Mm-hmm. Why is that becoming a major debate on the international? Well, I think Israel is now, um, you know, tagged. Show banks in the letter to Cocoa Board pushed for their participation in the Cocoa Debt Exchange Program to be put on hold. This was after it failed to secure the reliefs that it got after it participated in the first round of the domestic debt exchange program. Commercial banks have maintained that signing up for the program put a lot of pressure on their operations and therefore they need these reliefs to stay in business and not breach any regulatory requirement by the central bank. Some of these banks had even argued that this development will force them to withdraw funding for the Cocoa Board activities going forward. The commercial banks in the letter to Cocoa Board pushed for their participation in the Cocoa Debt Exchange Program to be put on hold. This was after it. You're watching the marketplace. Let's bring you some more news. It's been a week since the implementation of the cylinder recirculation model by the National Petroleum Authority. The initiative seeks to centralize the distribution and sale of LPG in the country for domestic consumption. It also allows consumers to exchange empty cylinders for a filled one at a specific location. It is running alongside the old system and here to give some perspective, energy strategist Dr. Yusuf Suleiman also CEO of Energy Consultancy Firm Eureka Solutions. Good afternoon to you. 
and that they are not calling for his resignation. They say they don't want anything to do with Antonio Guterres. They want him to resign because his comments, Israel feels... Uh, First of all, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, uh, I'd like to thank all the Ghanaian people uh, who stand by our side. I'd like to thank uh, the government of Ghana about uh, all this support to the Palestinian people. I received since the last uh, 20 days uh, a lot of um, call from Ghanaian's leaders and uh, some members of the parliaments and uh, thousands from the Ghanaian people right. to show their sympathy with the Palestinian people. Uh, I want to say something in the beginning. Right. This conflict did not start in the beginning, on the 7th of October. Some people uh, like to say that Hamas attacked the 7th of October. The, the conflict starts when Israel starts to occupy my people and my contents from my people killed by the Israelis. And this is not the first war, as your friend said, against Gaza. You know, in 2014, five of them were children. I cannot understand that the children attacked Israel with the rockets and attacked the Israeli soldiers and the settlers in, inside Israel. In that war, 2012, the Israelis killed more than 700 from my people. And Israel attacked Gaza, not Gaza attacked Israel. In the war 2012, the Israelis killed more than uh, uh, 700 from my people. In the, not Gaza attacked Israel. In the war 2012, the Israelis killed more than uh, uh, 700 from my people. In the pass it entirely to the consumer or the end user, you, you know, then that should be it. Should stand a, it should stand a chance to succeed. Because the last thing we need is to have escalation of prices as a result of this policy. And I'm sure the regulator is quite aware of this, and they are also working around the clock, of course, to ensure that uh, as much as uh, you know, we champion this policy and we believe it could be an excellent policy if well implemented, we might, we might be also mindful of these uh, potential setbacks which could rule uh, out the policy. Uh, well, you sort of touched on this a bit about uh, this uh, program closing the inherent safety gaps in the old model. How exactly? Yeah, so um, if I talk about the inherency gap, uh, if you look at the industry, both the upstream and then the downstream, um, what we don't compromise is issue of safety. And if you understand the fire triangle, um, where we have three basic things that will come to play for any potential explosion to happen, we have the hydrocarbon single. So if all this things come together in the, in the proportion, then we will have ignition happening. And that, if you visit any shell outlet, uh, I'm referring to the LPG outlet, all these conditions are met. What's required is just a spark. And there's a lot of uh, safety bridges that are pertaining, which, are all, we, which we have sent a, a lot of recommendation to the regulator, and I'm, and I'm hoping that they will simply implement them. Because I'm saying that because um, they plan to run this policy alongside the old model, which is an excellent thing, so that we'll be able to measure the efficiency of the old model and then the new model. And I can tell you that if the old model, if the new model is efficient enough... Cons this conflict did not start in, 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 in the 7th of October, and we should talk only if we want to understand what's happening in Palestine. Mm -hmm. The conflict not between Hamas and between Israel. How many times the settlers inside Hawara in Hawara, Nablus, Tulkarim, Jenin, not between Hamas and between Israel. How many times the settlers inside Hawara in Hawara, Nablus, Tulkarim, Jenin? It stands for, stand for environment, it stands for asset, and it stands for reputation. Among all this, if there's any safety breach, it impacts the greater. And you know that what's interesting is that the people is what is rated high. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if there's a safety breach and there's a fallout, 
people can be replaced. Environment, they can do some mitigations. In terms of assets, they can easily replace it. But I tell you, reputation is very difficult. It could take many, many years. And that's what I want the businessmen and then the, the regulator also to put the mind on. Why safety is very paramount. We cannot champion the policy with safety breaches that would inherently result into maybe a potential explanation of high proportion that we cannot carry. But I believe that with this kind of measures that the government of Ghana through NPA is putting in place, a lot of this one should be able to, to be kept. And I think we, a lot of okay. organizations, including Eureka, have sent through a lot of proposals regarding how this can be done and done smoothly. And I think the key thing is the engagement. And while they engage and engage well, we mm. should be able to solve these things. That, uh, but there are still outstanding concerns, right? Uh, for instance, we expected the LPG marketers to uh, release a statement to the effect, you know, they've raised some issues. And they start to burn anything in their way and pit my people and destroy anything and burning the cars of my people. And when the Palestinian people start to attack the settlers with the stone, the Israelis... Is, ...is being communicated as a country through that statement. What's your response to that? Do you agree to open up talks between two parties so there's a solution to this? We did it before, you know. Our former president, Yasser Arafat, signed with, this, with them agreement in Oslo in 1993, right? Yeah. And according to this agreement, the Israelis should leave all, all the lands, the Palestinian lands, which occupied in 1967, according to the international law. If we have one international law, this is the international law. The, the, the land which occupied, including East Jerusalem, the capital city of the Palestinian people and the heart of the Palestinian people. What's happened in Israel and what's happened in Palestine? You know what's happened? All my people go to the street, big demonstration, support this agreement, because we start to feeling we have hope together in peace. In the other side, the Israelis start to organize very big His name is Igal Amir. He shot the prime minister of Israel and he killed him. And the Palestinian people, they are suffering. You know what's happened if, 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 the, if according to this agreement, the Israelis leave our land and this your border, here my border, your people here, my people here. We will live together more than 500 years. You will live together. So what's... We, my people went to the street, supported this agreement. The Israelis went to the street against this agreement. And they killed their prime minister and killed the peace of okay. That's what's happened. The, the, the reason for now, which now yeah, it, okay. Just I support. You support the two-state solution. You support my that. brother. Mm -hmm. We are human. Right. We are human. You understand? Mm. And we have one blood and one color to our blood. I don't like to see anyone uh, killed from this side or this side. Mm. But if you want to check for solution to all the, all the, all, all the people, the Palestinian people, the Israelis, the Arabs people, the Middle East people, we should start to check for solution. Uh, uh, yeah, you find your dignity, mm -hmm. and the other side find his dignity. I see. You understand. Okay. I, I need to point out that uh, our former Deputy Foreign Affairs Minister Emmanuel Bombande is uh, also joining the conversation. I'll bring him in soon. But the reason for which um, we're having uh, the conversation now is because of um, the international replication of what's happening between Israel and Palestine. There's a religious undertone to this. Uh, I recall just days ago, last week, in fact, I was speaking to the coalition of Muslim groups in Ghana. Mm -hmm. The um, intent is to stage protest in support of Palestine. You agree that the tension in your country, oh, in your region, is, is, is you know, breeding religious intolerance, as, as the argument Not religion been. conflict. You know, so there is some Jewish support Palestine, don't support Israel. They are Jewish. In America and Jerusalem, some of them in, in, in Jerusalem, you know. 
This conflict, not religion conflict, this political conflict. You know, in Palestine, we are Muslims and the Christians. We are living together. Bethlehem, Palestinian city, right? Mm-hmm. Palestinian city. Really. 90% from the people in Bethlehem, they are Palestinian. 10% Muslim. They are living together. So, look what, why there are some people there. Why they bombing the hospital? You know the hospital? It is a Christian hospital. Mamadani hospital. This hospital is a Christian hospital before 140 years. Before the establishment of Israel. You know what's happening with one of the Palestinian women? Her children were sick. She take him to the hospital. And the doctor asked her to go from outside to buy small medicine for him. When she go out, they started bombing the hospital. When she back, she said, I did not find the children. I did not find the doctor. I did not find the hospital. Well, of course, these attacks have been condemned. Uh, we've even seen uh, U.S. President uh, uh, Joe Biden condemning the, the attacks on the hospital. But the point about the religious infiltration into this, this not religion, you're not tackling that. Uh, you're not tackling that, the possibility of the, um, you know, ripple effects of what we're likely to see. Radicalization of, of the youth groups, people who, um, you know, sympathize with Palestine on religious grounds. That's a threat to national security, I was told, by the coalition of uh, Muslim groups in Ghana. No, no, no. The conflict, not religion conflict. Believe me. Believe me. Are you not underestimating the the, the effects of of, of this? I'm honest with you. The conflict, not religion uh, conflict. It is a political conflict, you know. Because of that, the Muslims and the Christians in Palestine, they are together, living together. And when they attack, listen to me. Now, when they, when they ask my people, I want all, all the people to, to know. When they ask the people on the phone, leave your house. Where the people will go? The mosques, the church, the hospital, and the schools. The Israelis attacked Muslims and the Christians in the mosque, in the church, in the schools, and in the, the four places. They attacked them and they bombing them. This conflict, not religion conflict, not between Muslims and, and the Jewish. No, our religion, I'm Muslim. Don't ask me to hate anyone because of his religion. I believe with the Jesus. In my Quran, I believe with the Jesus. And the Christian people, my brothers. You know, when I arrived to start my work in the embassy, I told my staff, please, if you are Muslim, in the mosque. If you are a Christian, in the church. Outside, we are brothers. Don't talk about the Christianity or the Islam in the embassy. And when I meet all my brothers and sisters, the Ghanaian people, I talk the same. Mm. We are brothers. The Muslims and the Christians in all the world should be brothers. Your religion asks you to be my brother, and my religion asks me to, to be your brother. Mm. Some people have the, 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 the worst culture in the world. When he talk about his, his brother, the Muslim, or the Christian, bad or in, in bad words, you know. So... The, the relation between in Palestine, between the Muslims and the Christians, we are one family. The conflict between the Palestinians people, Muslims and the Christians, against the, 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 the occupier of my land. I do not hate the Israeli because he is Israeli. I cannot hate them or, or attack them or, or, or do anything against them. But anyone, if anyone comes to occupy your country, what he will do? You. That's an interesting You will fight about, uh, I know, you will, well, you, you, you will you fight to, about you yourself. To, yeah, you have to defend you will your inter- integrity, territorial yeah. integrity. Uh, well, uh, just hold on for me. Let me bring in uh, our former Deputy Foreign Affairs Minister, uh, Emmanuel Bombande, who is also um, a peace resolution expert. Um, 
and he's joining us via Zoom now. Thank you, uh, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, good to have you um, with us. Uh, you've heard from the Palestinian ambassador to Ghana, and he's advanced a number of points, uh, also proceeding to the call by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration. That they are indeed committed to negotiations, coming to the table and having a peace talk. But do you see that happening anytime soon? First of all, let me express my warm greetings to you and extend it to His Excellency the Palestinian and to respond to your question by simply making a few observations. If you look at your prelude, it's very important for us to understand that when we are talking about the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis, what we in Ghana understand is not about which side you are taking sides with or supporting. But what is absolutely clear is whether we are in support of justice, is whether we are in support of justice and international humanitarian law and the Charter of the United Nations are related to the Palestinians and the Israelis have been passed. If you look at it this way, you are able to such as uh, who preceded whom on that land. And let me make this. First of all, you were making reference to this emphatic. Our lowest point as a non-member state of the Security Council, our lowest point during the two years, which will end December 2023, was when we abstained in the Security Council from voting for a humanitarian pause in the Security Council last week. That will now facilitate the delivery of humanitarian support to the Palestinians in Gaza. I thought that was the lowest point because we were abstaining, basically interpreting that to mean we did not even appreciate the magnitude of the humanitarian crisis. Basically interpreting that to mean we did not even appreciate the magnitude of the humanitarian crisis. Now, the government borrowed 11.90 billion cities via treasury bills in August. This is a 3.21% increase over the previous month. On a monthly basis, yields on the 91-day and 182-day bills surged 178 basis points and 147 basis points, respectively, to 27.02% and 28.62%. Analysts foresee investors bidding higher yields for the T-bills in September, ordering the people of Gaza to move to the south, where the Israeli army promised them safe haven. But whilst the people were moving to that safe haven, they kept on bills, anybody. We must put that in the perspective of a solution that is long-term and that is grounded in justice and fairness for all, both the Palestinians and the Israelis. So the security of Israel can never be delinked with the security of the Palestinians. And when you say this, are you not subduing the conversation around, you know, a point where the Israeli authorities have been standing on to declare this latest war? My good friend, I appreciate your question. But it is exactly the reason why Secretary General Antonio Guterres made his remarks, for which, for obvious reasons, 
he's being attacked. What did the Secretary General see? The Secretary General is saying that the 7th October attacks residence, he's being attacked. What did the Secretary General see? The Secretary General is saying that the 7th October attack, which went up by 167 percent as against the 8.3 percent announced by the PRC. Now, for 56 years, the Palestinians have been besieged. They are under oppression, repression, and suffocation. You create a commit to the two-state solution moving forward. And that is why Jerusalem would continue to become our spiritual symbol of the three Abrahamic religions, Muslims, Christians, and Jews. Now, who was more extremist? The people who killed Prime Minister Rabin were even more extremist than Rabin, than Hamas. Let me repeat. Those who killed Prime Minister Rabin of Israel were more extremists than Hamas. Because not only did they kill Rabin, but they killed the peace process. Yeah. Why did they kill the, the peace process? Because some right-wing politicians in Israel want to continue to have their way. And what is that way? The continual suffocation, oppression, and sub subjugation of the Palestinians. Mm. But what they forget, right. what they forget, is that once you do that, peace becomes distant, impossible to achieve. So let's go back to the Security Council resolution, the Palestinian, and to respond to your question by uh, simply making a few uh, observations. If you look at your preludes, it's very important for us to understand that when we are talking about the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis, what we in Ghana understand is not about which side you are taking sides with or supporting. But what is absolutely clear is whether we are in support of justice, is whether we are in support of justice and international humanitarian law and the Charter of the United Nations are related to the Palestinians and the Israelis have been passed. If you look at it this way, you are able to search as uh, who preceded whom on that land. And let me make this. First of all, you were making reference to this emphatic. Our lowest point as a non-member state of the Security Council, our lowest point during the two years, which will end December 2023, was when we abstained in the Security Council from voting for a humanitarian pause in the Security Council last week. That will now facilitate the delivery of humanitarian support to the Palestinians in Gaza. I thought that was the lowest point because we were abstaining, basically interpreting that to mean we did not even appreciate the magnitude of the humanitarian crisis. Basically interpreting that to mean we did not even appreciate the magnitude of the humanitarian crisis. Now, the government borrowed 11.90 billion cities via treasury bills in August. This is a 3.21% increase over the previous month. 
On a monthly basis, yields on the 91-day and 182-day bills surged 178 basis points and 147 basis points, respectively, to 27.02% and 28.62%. Analysts foresee investors bidding higher yields for the T-bills in September. Ordering the people of Gaza to move to the south, where the Israeli army promised them safe haven, but whilst the people were moving to that safe haven, they kept on bills anybody. We must put that in the perspective of a solution that is long-term and that is grounded in justice and fairness for all, both the Palestinians and the Israelis. So the security of Israel can never be delinked with the security of the Palestinians. And when you say this, are you not subduing the conversation around, you know, a point where the Israeli authorities have been standing on to declare this latest war? My good friend, I appreciate your question. But it is exactly the reason why Secretary General Antonio Guterres made his remarks, for which, for obvious reasons, he's been attacked. What did the Secretary General see? The Secretary General is saying that the 7th October attacks reasons he's been attacked. What did the Secretary General see? The Secretary General is saying that the 7th October attack, which went up by 167 uh, percent as against the 8.3 percent announced by the PRC. Now, for 56 years, the Palestinians have been besieged. They are under oppression, repression, and suffocation. You create a con- commit to the two-state solution moving forward. And that is why Jerusalem would continue to become our spiritual symbol of the three Abrahamic religions, Muslims, Christians, and Jews. Now, who was more extremist? The people who killed Prime Minister Rabin were even more extremist than Rabin, than Hamas. Let me repeat, those who killed Prime Minister Rabin of Israel were more extremist than Hamas. Because not only did they kill Rabin, but they killed the peace process. Why did they kill the the peace process? Because some right-wing politicians in Israel want to continue to have their way. And what is that way? The continual suffocation, oppression, and subjugation of the Palestinians. Mm. But what they forget, what they forget, is that once you do that, peace becomes distant impossible to achieve. So let's go back to the Security Council resolution, clearly articulated, affirmed a two-state solution, so that side by side, the Israelis and the Palestinians, but who affirmed a two-state solution, so that side by side, the Israelis and the Palestinians, but who and so, I mean, reading the, the response to your petition, it seems to address uh, concerns to do with water. Is that the only concerns you have? Well, for now, in relation to PRC, that is our... For which I want us to move into that leg of the conversation, uh, the kind of solidarity message we're seeing, on your thoughts on why Africa is getting involved and the posture we're getting from some... What's about the Palestinian people? We are under the Israeli occupation 75 years now. 
And you know, my people don't want anything from the world. Only we're looking for freedom. I don't like anyone to control my life. I don't like anyone to control the smile on my children when he woke up from his sleeping. We don't like anyone to control our agriculture, our water, our lights, our, our life and everything. One day, I saw it on the YouTube. One from the Sahar and her mother teach her the human rights. But she, she come to work with the Israeli soldiers. One day, and Hamas, okay, in the West Bank. They ask the, the soldiers to do checkpoints. They put the checkpoints to the morning. In the morning, she asked her boss, why would you put these checkpoints between the Palestinian villages at this time? You know what he said to her? I hear her, I hear this lady, this soldier, Israeli soldiers too. He told her, we want to do their life very difficult, to leave their housing and leave their lands. After that, she left Israel and she back to America. My brother, in the West Bank, there is more than 400 checkpoints between our villages and our, and our cities. When the Israelis are stealing our lands, they're stealing the lands between our villages and how we can establish my, our state if they are continuing like this. The, the Security Council asked them to stop their, their, their building of the settlement, and they continue. You know what they're doing? I, I want to say something. You know, they signed the agreement with us when they're right hands and they continue stealing our lands and killing my people with the left Okay, so what sort of solidarity are you looking for uh, from world leaders, um, including our leaders here in Africa as well? What's your direct message to African leaders who are uh, beginning to take sides on on this matter? Ghana stands all the time by the side of justice and the human rights and the international law. And you know, Ghana, the last seven years, they vote with us on on the UN, the last seven human rights council, because... I think I'd like to thank the President of the Republic of Ghana. He knows the international law very well, and he stands all the time with the justice. I'm, I'm, I'm sure 100%, you know. Uh, what we need from uh, the Ghanaian people or from the African uh, people, uh, our message to all of them, uh, all of us open the TV and see the news and see how the, our children uh, killed on the streets and in, inside the housing and inside the hospitals and inside the, the schools. And uh, I cannot understand uh, when you see more than 20 children killed in one building only, or, or, or 30, um, how we will feel, all of us, not only the African people. But we need more support. We need to do everything to stop this war against the Palestinian people and to, to talk with the Americans and the Europeans all the time about the self-determination to the Palestinian people. And we want to stop this occupation and we want the Israelis to leave our lands which occupied in 1967 and this the only solution for this conflict the only solution there is no peace in the Middle East at all if without that establishment of an independent Palestinian state on the land occupied in 1967 including East Jerusalem the capital city of the Palestinian people according to the international law okay let's round off on the point about the reforms necessary to improve and empower the United Nations Security Council, uh, which is a key player uh, in bringing about resolutions at this time round. And that call has been made by many African countries, the need for reforms um, to the UN Security Council. Uh, the belief is if that reform had come, I mean, was brought to bear, by now the Palestinian people, if indeed your case is as genuine as it should be, would have had solution to your problems by now. 
General Secretary and uh, the UN try all the time to help us, if I understand your question. They try to help us and uh, all the time um, they condemn what Israel since the last 75 years. When they're killing children, women, journalists, when they kill Shirin Abu Akhle, she's journalist like you, you know, and they kill, they kill her life. Maybe this, if this happened in another, any country in the world, they will arrest the soldiers who's, who's killed here. So I said, not a soldier, and then they said, uh, he's one from our uh, soldiers, to kill the truth. You know, Bakli is a Christian journalist. He's not Muslim, he's a Christian. He's not Muslim uh, journalist. And she's living in Jerusalem. And she has the American passport. But she's Palestinian. And they killed her. So I think the UN can do more to the Palestinian people. And we need more from all the countries in this world. We want only my people living in peace on their lands. We don't want to fight with anyone. But the Palestinian people defense about themselves. According to international law, if anyone occupied any country, mm -hmm. the people have the right to defense about themselves. The, the attempts and to get humanitarian, uh, humanitarian assistance through um, to, to Gaza now has been a challenge for the council. Um, the, the attempt by um, Russia to table a resolution had um, unsuccessfully uh, failed, uh, as, as we know. Uh, the Republic of Ghana took a side on that. We abstained. Uh, we've just heard from uh, Mr. Bombani talk about the point that we should have demonstrated our level of support for the Palestinian people through that draft resolution. Do you feel that the, the, the Republic of Ghana failed at least to show brotherly love to the people of Palestine by I abstaining think, at that point? Yes, I, I, I have very big support from the Ghanaian people. Very big. I told you, a lot of leaders in Ghana, I will not mention to the names, but a lot of leaders, parliaments, um, they call me to show their support and their solidarity to the Palestinian people. And uh, the newspaper, uh, I, I organized a meeting with the media before two days in the embassy, and plenty of media come in, and uh, they start to show uh, what I talk on, the, on, the, on this meeting. And uh, I, I think that some people ask uh, permission from the policeman to organize some demonstration support to the Palestinian people, and uh, they're organizing a lot of programs, start to organize a lot of programs uh, in Ghana here. And... Uh, I'd like to thank all the Ghanaian people, Muslims and the Christians, about the support. Anyone stand by the side of the Palestinian people, he stand by the side with justice and the human rights. Open the TV and see how, what they are doing with the... The abstention, was that vote crucial from the Republic of Ghana in demonstrating love towards your country? The people love my country and love my people and love the human rights. Ghana, a peaceful country. The people has the culture of peace. I visit some of the countries. They ask me after eight evening, don't leave the hotel. You know why? When I asked them why, they told me, if you go outside, maybe someone will shoot you to take only your phone. Here, when I visit Kusunyani, Brikom, Wa, Takuradi, Tamali, I leave my place at two morning. I'm not afraid of anything. Ghana is a very peaceful country, and the people support all the time the human rights in all the world, not only the Palestinian people. To the Israelis too. For me, I like to see the two sides living together. The Israelis and the Palestinians.
All right. Uh, Mr. Bormani, you're still with us. Um, your, your final words on this as we move forward. Uh, of course, um, the, the point about the abstention you were talking about, and the president also making his stance known on this. Um, where do we go from here, and how can Ghana perhaps uh, make another statement if we have to um, to redress our image of uh, neutrality as our foreign policy has always been? So, very quickly, first of all, the foreign minister must come again. Uh, suffocating, besieged, and occupied, and expect that your statement would have value. Because that statement is spineless, and it does not represent the overall people of Ghana. Why do I say that? Because Ghana is the black star that was the trailblazer against the oppression of Africans. Africans, more than anybody else, understands what it means to fight for freedom. 400 years of slavery, more than 200 years of colonization that continues with neocolonization and the fight for liberation and independence. So we are in solidarity with anybody in this world who is under oppression. But that solidarity is meaningful when we support justice and fairness for all. Secondly, we do not stand with Israel and for that matter, we are against Palestine. We stand with the Palestinians in solidarity for their freedom, for their justice. And the only way we can now meaningfully support Israel is in our preventive diplomacy to convey to Israel that their security is linked and interconnected with the security and the respect of the human rights of the Palestinians. That's the second point I wanted to make. And the third point which basically you asked me to uh, wrap up there. Number one, there are two different resolutions currently before the Security Council. Two of them are calling for a ceasefire. We are watching whether we are going to support the ceasefire or not. Ghana cannot be part of the people in this world who do not value the lives of the Palestinians. Because when you say you are voting against a ceasefire, you are saying you support the continuous bombardment and killing of the Palestinians, including children. So we are going to watch that. And whilst we watch that, we must see our role as a non-permanent member of the Security Council, as one of the first African countries to join the Security Council, as the only country in sub-Saharan Africa that has produced a Secretary General of the UN. We, by virtue of our history, must leverage how Ghana must continue to punch above our weights and to insist that we believe in justice and we believe in fairness. And once we do this, let us not fall into the rhetoric of some of the extremist people who are very comfortable to say that this is not the moment for ceasefire. It means, in other words, continue to kill the Palestinians. Ghana must speak against that. Ghana must make its voice heard. And when we make our voice heard, we have respect and standing in the global community. We must support the Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres. He will not resign. He will continue to speak for the voiceless. Mm. And I'm grateful uh, on our channel. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, we are leaving. Uh, what message would you like to leave with the people of Ghana as we wrap up on this conversation? And I'm grateful uh, on our channel.
Uh, Mr. Masara, we are leaving. Uh, what message would you like to leave with the people of Ghana as we wrap up on this call? Properties in Ghana, coupled with a flexible payment plan, buyers stand to enjoy a 10% discount on all purchases made from elegant homes. This is the house we'll be looking at. It's a four-bedroom house, and it's called Aurora, Aurora House. It's one of our four bedrooms, and you can see it's a contemporary design. It looks very, very exquisite. It's very nice. Also, follow me. Okay. It is very simple and very nice. So this is the living area for the house. And this here opens onto the terrace. So we could have just entered from here if we wanted to sit here. We just Anna was very generous with the Palestinian people. And all the time, if I thank the Ghanaians every day, this is not enough. Thank you to Ghana. Thank you to all the people of Ghana. I like your country. I like the country. <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty. Seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastro, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the... Starting this October 20th to 11th of November. The African Football League. Who is going to be crowned Africa's champion of champions and take the lion's share of the 14.4 million prize money? Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. Under the auspices of the Munich Re Foundation and the Micro Insurance Network, the National Insurance Commission, in collaboration with the Ghana Insurance Association and the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana, are hosting the International Conference on Inclusive Insurance. It's official. The 19th International Conference on Inclusive Insurance is coming to Accra, Ghana, from October 23rd to 27th, 2023. Over 400 experts from 50 countries will discuss ways of accelerating the growth and economic viability of inclusive insurance for emerging markets. Welcome to Accra, Ghana, an unforgettable experience of warmth, unique culinary delicacies, vibrantly colorful people with great strength and character. Welcome.
to beguiling Ghana. like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school it feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school all of those things yeah. and so the deployment of um, funding into these uh, tools definitely is one of the things where we should be looking into and again I mean companies definitely could also start looking into I mean being able to build the foundation in terms of uh, the policies that surround this I mean definitely we, we always look at using foreign tools and uh, in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur then you already are staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to And thanks for staying with us. The Ghana National Association of Teachers says it is not pleased with government's slow pace of response to challenges confronting schools in flood-affected areas following the spillage of the Akosombo and Pond dams. School buildings that now serve as temporary accommodation for displaced residents are compelling some school children as well to skip school on and that trees. Education Minister Dr. Yao Duchum during a tour of some of the affected communities assured government and now reports. School children in the flood affected communities are one of the worst hit victims of the dam spillage and its resultant flooding. They have had to stay away from school to take shelter in temporary structures far away from their abode over a month. Until that time when the flats recede, academic work remains in limbo. In a bit to gauge the severity of the impact of the flooding, the education minister in the company of his deputies and some other officials in the education sector interacted with the school children and teachers on the applied. He assured that government was doing everything possible to solve their challenge regarding the state of education in the district. To engage stakeholders uh, to really get on the spot accounts and various initiatives that are being undertaken. I would come within the uh, teachers, I would talk to the regional minister, district chief executive, NADMO coordinator who is here. So we've gotten a very good feel of what is going on and how we can support the effort. As you see here, uh, these are makeshift classes and students are learning. That's a good thing, that they are not losing out. In a number of places, we don't have that opportunity and we should create that opportunity immediately. So we are looking at short-term solutions, medium-term and long-term solutions to the challenges. But as Education Minister, my primary uh, purpose for the visit is how do I bring normalcy to the teaching and learning process. And that's why we came and we've seen enough uh, to go back and then look at what we can do. 
uh, to really bring about teaching and learning uh, to our community, to our parents and to our students. A number of teachers also outlined their challenges. And now every teacher in this area needs a license. That's all. There's a course, a JHL club, is currently hosting Some school buildings have been submerged. Teachers and students have been displaced. Teaching materials have been destroyed in the flats. There remains anxiety among teachers, school children, and parents concerning the future of education after the floods. Ivy Setsoji's report for Joy News. But the Ghana National Association of Teachers say it. Uh, Ivy Setsoji's report for Joy News. But the Ghana National Association of Teachers say it. Uh, I think. Uh, after the debt exchange program, we have seen a lot of banks struggling, and NIB is one of the banks that is not actually doing well. Pre the debt exchange program and post the debt exchange program, we are still seeing that level of non-resilience on the part of the bank. Uh, I think that uh, if your loans are not really performing very well, it means that you are going to be having a higher level of non-performing loans, and that is going to be affecting your profitability level. And I really think that this is one of the key troubles of, of the bank. And as you are not performing very well, you cannot keep on having you. Or the Ghana National Association of Teachers. What you saw yesterday was very uh, devastating. Uh, over 300 teachers within Bota and with their peace uh, in which the ministry together with the uh, are taking to resolve the matter. But once yesterday they were there, we will give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that within the coming days, uh, they will let Ghanaians know what they are put, the measures they are put in place to restore back academic work within the affected areas. And when we are in an emergency situation, we have what we call uh, education at the emergency. So education at the emergency is not like the normal uh, procedure that all of us use. This is a situation where children and their teachers, parents are in difficulties now. So we believe and trust that the ministry, in terms of this emergency, will put in place measures, uh, be it if it is uh, voluntary uh, places that they will get or ready uh, 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 materials that need to get to their children as well as their teachers and also get a, a safe place for these students to uh, gather for them to receive uh, teaching and learning. We believe it will, it will go a long way to uh, help us wait for the long-term uh, solution, uh, teaching and learning. We believe it will, it will go a long way to uh, help us wait for the long-term Absolutely. The support that they were given. Uh, my point is always about the political, excessive political interference in the management affairs of these banks. These uh, uh, banks. If you look at Ghana Commercial Bank, they are doing very well. Uh, with the latest coming through from Ibrahim Mahama, uh, who 
uh, heads the engineers and planners, as well as the MP for uh, Kole Klote uh, Zanet. <laughs> In 1997, when I was a Thank Mr. Ibrahim Mahama and his team for the massive donation. He said the donation has put more smiles on the faces of the affected. Any relief I can that comes. We should do it together and we are not doing politics with it. There is no NDC, there is no MPP, there is no CPP. We are doing it together as a group. We have definitely decided yesterday, the AP was in attendance at that meeting where we formed the Relief Administration Committee to see to the harmonization of all relief items that we have so that we have equitable distribution among all affected communities. And this is what I want to stress that let us put politics aside, let us save lives first, then we come to properties. And then I believe with this, North Tong shall rise again. I thank you for coming. May God bless us all. The MP for North Tong, Samuel Ablakwa on behalf of the MPs, thanked Mr. Ibrahim Mahama and his team for their support for the affected communities and assured him that there will be equity in the distribution of the items to all the affected communities. <laughs> So on behalf of the chiefs, on behalf of our queen mothers, on behalf of the over 14,000 victims, we say, Mr. Ibrahim Mahama and your wife, Maune Yurami. And I must say that Ghanaians have been very generous and we have been very touched indeed. We want to assure Ibrahim Mahama and his wife that to the last item, they are going to the real victims. There is no diversion. There is no kululu. Ablakwa also urged the residents to disregard the unfortunate comments made by the sanitation minister. My people have been very, very upset about what the sanitation minister said. The chiefs issued a statement this afternoon demanding a retraction and an apology. I want to say that I am on full force with the chiefs. I am totally aligned with the statement that the chief issued. We in Northtown, we are not squatters. We were here centuries before the Akosombo Dam was constructed and before the Kong Dam was constructed. We gave up our land for those constructions to take place. We have not even been fully compensated. So you cannot say that they should move and they refuse to move. Move to where? We are on our land. We own the land. And let us state for the record, there was no evacuation and our people refused to go. Nobody came here. We challenged them to produce evidence to tell us what day they came here to evacuate anybody. So, look, we are down and out. This is not a time to add lies, to add insults to our plights. 
and I want to ask the sanitation minister to do the honorable thing. She should retract, she should apologize. We do not need ill-informed and provocative statements. Ivy Satoji, Joy News, Mepe. Dr. Zaneto Ajimirole, the Gokope Vume, Supe Dabala, and all the affected communities in the Southern District, and met with local officials, community leaders, and residents. The flooding, which has resulted from the split of the Akonsubo Dam and rising water levels in the Volta River, has caused considerable hardship to the affected community. Dam and rising water levels in the Volta River has caused considerable hardship to the affected community. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jabir Mohammed, Banking and Finance Lecturer at the UPSA. I appreciate your time with Dr. Zanetto Rawlings expressed her concern and sympathy for the affected residents. Well, currently we're in Teflik. Um, this is where my, my dad, um, this was uh, what we're doing here as medical doctors is to try and preempt that by, first of all, supporting the health facilities with what they need because this is something that they did not factor into their budgets at the beginning of the year. And this has come and, of course, no state of emergency has been declared as yet in spite of the magnitude of this disaster. Um, and so as medics, I'm here with... Um, um, the Medical Women's Association of Ghana, who uh, we've been working closely together for at least five years now. Dr. Zanetto Rawlings further emphasized the need for collaborative efforts to address the aftermath of the floods. Well, we have limited resources, as you can imagine. And um, I've been using this as a platform to appeal to other, other people to actually support. Because, you see, people are bringing food and water, but the medications are very, very important. And so I'd actually use this platform to appeal to people. When you would like to support, just um, reach out to the various district um, health directorates and see how you can support them with medication and the necessary public and, uh, you know, public support that we, we can give in cash or in kind because there is a looming disaster which, if we are not preemptive, will run, uh, you know, a little bit um, out of control. Meanwhile, apart from the Mepe community in the North Tongue district, which happens to be worst affected, Sokwe in the South Tongue district and other communities have been flooded. Houses submerged in the water. Some of the residents have been speaking with Joy News. In fact, what is going on in Sugarcoco per se is not an easy thing. And then you can see that water has taken over all of our houses and then even the school. You can see the school. This is my former school, this is Tech. And then the water has really taken over the whole school. And this is the hospital. And as I'm talking now, they have shut down the hospital and uh, nothing is moving on. And then the school, uh, you can see the school is closed down. Um, yeah, I'm just worried about the students because me too, I'm a graduate at GSS. I'm not coming to the school. So now I'm worried. What if I'm sent to this school? How am I going to learn? So it means I'll stay in the house until this place is okay before I come to school. I don't think it's good. So I think the government have to do something that the students will go back to school. Maybe you get some place for them for the meantime before this place will be okay. That's what I think. I visited
Chief Justice, her ladyship uh, Getford, Arabai Sabah-Tokunu, has raised concerns about the judiciary's uh, technological expertise in addressing cybercrime in the country. According to her, cybercrime cases are stretched to various aspects of daily life, necessitating judges to upgrade and develop their skills in other fields, including this one, to ensure a fair justice delivery in line with international standards. There's more in the following report. The 2023 Global Rigs Report ranks cybercrimes if, while data from the National Cybersecurity Authority also reveals a rising trend in online blackmail and cyberbullying, with women being particularly vulnerable to sextortion. Additionally, the Bank of Ghana reports an increase in cyber fraud losses, which have surged from 2 million cities to over 4 million cities in 2023. The Chief Justice has therefore urged the judges to expand their knowledge and skills to keep pace with the evolving landscape of cybercrime. Let us throw our learning scope with regards to electronic evidence extremely wide as we focus on evidence required to establish cybercrimes. Let us appreciate that the issues of e-law now stretch to virtually every arena of life that humanity is engaged in. E-commerce and e-trade, e-contracts, intellectual property rights on software, hardware, licensing regimes, e-thoughts, e-entertainment, Virtually every part of life is now being conducted virtually. How do you calculate damages and other penalties? Are the age-old principles that undergirded the grant of discretionary remedies so relevant in activity conducted online? Can you give injunctions on the basis of established principles? In the age of digitization, the use of technology is crucial in curbing activities of cybercrimes, especially with the nature of Internet, which demands international collaboration to track and punish culprits. Director General of the National Cybersecurity Authority, Dr. Abed Entribosiako, indicates his office preparedness to deploy experts to all the courts in the country to advise judges on cybersecurity cases. Our country is not isolated from the threats that are normally reported. The current data from my outfit, the national set at the CSA, has identified online fraud as a major threat in the Ghanaian digital space. Also, among the leading threats reported are online blackmail, unauthorized as a cyberbullying, and publication of non-consensual intimate images which affecting most of our youth both sexes, but of course the females have become vulnerable with the issue of sex torture. The Bank of Ghana has established that the total loss value from cyber fraud increased from 2.6 million in 2021 to 4.3 million in 2022. Thus, the difference represents an increase of about 65.55%. The training of the judges who were drawn from all the regions in Ghana aims to equip the judiciary in cybercrime-related cases in line with the Budapest Convention on Cybercrime and funded 
by the European Union. Reporting for Joy News, Samuel Mbura. And now the Ghana Blowing Union in Ashanti region is calling uh, on urban authorities to intensify street uh, regulations and advocacy to assist visually impaired persons. The group cites the indifferent attitude of uh, drivers and the public towards their uh, navigation tool, which is the white cane, due to the lack of education and mobility regulations. They are of the view that visually impaired friendly courses are offered uh, to drivers in addition to public advocacy to ease their daily struggles. Clinton Yabua has the rest of the story. Over 6,000 blind and visually impaired persons have been registered under the Ashanti Regional Branch of the Ghana Blind Union. They are assisted by a unique white metallic cane which serves as a guide and safety tool that aids their movements. At the blind side of the benefits of the cane, some members of the association recount the flaunting of signals from the cane on the roads. Abdul Pasik Hamidan is the Ashanti Regional Chairman of the Ghana Blind Union. Even though the white cane helps you to move around, but people put things on the pavement, that becomes an obstacle. You cannot even move around. And because people are not educated on the use of white cane, when you are even holding, nobody even seems to help you or so. The person may see you holding, coming, instead of pulling himself or pushing himself to pave way for you to pass, the person would rather come closer, trying to knock you down. The drivers, the driver need to stop so that anybody at all can assist you to cross with your what with your white skin. So it is very, very challenging, both accessibility and the people attitude towards us. Project Director of the Union, Ivan Koshi, headquarters, is calling on road authorities to strengthen mobility regulations pertaining to visually impaired persons. He is entreating the government to waive the cost of the white cane to improve accessibility. One of it, the least that you can get for, is about 100 cities. And since several of them are in low-income families, they cannot afford using 100 cities to order for a cane, which, I which is not even sold in their region. Somebody will have to go for it in Accra, send it to a transport station, bring it down to them, all the hassle. So they are not using the white canes. Several people don't even know what a white cane is. Also in the area of advocacy. If the DVLA, the wounding heads, if they added just a little lesson about white canes as they train drivers and license them to be on our roads. We are asking that if all the taxes and import duties on these white canes could be waived so that the costs can come down, we'll be grateful. If governments can also support, as other countries are doing, where they would supply white canes to any person who is blind and needs one to guarantee their safety as citizens, we will also find it very much uh, appreciable. As an intervention, Providence Insurance Company Limited has made a donation of 100 white canes to the Ghana Blind Union. This donation is in commemoration of the annual International White Cane Safety Celebrations marked every October. Chief Executive Officer of Providence Insurance Company, Michael Jaxtis Ashon, said the gesture is to fulfill the company's corporate social responsibility. But the genesis of all these donations that we are making of white canes is that as part of, of Provident Insurance's 40 years anniversary, we took, the board took a decision to make some donations by way of corporate social responsibility to certain institutions. The gentleman who interviewed me 
was called Mr. Ivan Heathcote. I received a message from him to make an appeal to Provident Insurance that as part of your corporate social responsibility, you try and donate some white canes to the visually impaired in the Ashanti region. So fortunately, the board of directors of Provident Insurance approved. Reporting for joining is Clinton Yeboah. And now the most vulnerable segment of the population, children and the elderly, are facing a growing threat from a silent and invisible killer, air pollution. Health experts in the country are sounding the alarm, calling on government and citizens to act to combat these deadly pollutants. Michael Ashali brings you the latest uh, in our ongoing coverage of the critical issue of air quality in Ghana. Accra is one of Africa's fastest growing cities. It seems that everyone in the capital is always on the move. But that very movement is putting them at risk. Air pollution is the second biggest threat to health in Ghana, according to the World Health Organization. Factories and waste burning are to blame for a lot of pollutants, but transport, especially the old fleet of trotters, is the biggest single contributor. Some of the particles emitted in this smoke are so tiny they can enter the bloodstream with lethal consequences over time. It's not easy. It's, 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 a, it's a difficult moment. It's challenging breathing, especially at night when, when you are asleep. Ruben Alexander has asthma, a life-threatening illness that constricts airways. Now 44 and an accountant to the University of Ghana Medical School in Kolebu, Otu says he was first diagnosed as a child. It was not a big surprise. Otu's mother had fought asthma for years before it finally took her life. Soon after, Otu's doctors told him he too had the disease. He's one of a growing number of Ghanaians with respiratory illnesses and a range of ailments, including heart conditions that doctors say are worsened by toxic air. Otu has to think all day, every day, about avoiding triggers. You, you encounter different kind of cars with their, their um, um, smoke from their exhaust pipes, very bad, and, and they, they are not the best. The journey is far from comfortable, and with the emission of poisonous gas from the carbon-fueled engines, not even his nose mask can save him. Protect myself from the the dust in the system, um, the dust in the weather conditions in around here. It would it would help me to at least have a clean breath of air. So that's why I normally put on my nose mask. And especially when I use the trotro and stuff, you'd people might come in with um, 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 all sorts of perfumes in which might not be that best for me. Air pollution uh, has been associated with several diseases, uh, notably respiratory diseases, uh, acute ones as well as chronic respiratory disorders, uh, lung function disorders, cardiovascular uh, diseases, and even in recent times there are linkages with um, adverse reproductive health outcomes like um, miscarriages, um, low birth with premature deaths, uh, deaths and uh, um, infertility in males. Dr. Kao Osei has been monitoring the impact of air pollution on Ghana's growing population. He is the program manager of the Occupational and Environmental Health Unit at the Ghana Health Service. 
He says the effects of dirty air are far-reaching for many groups of Ghanaians. We know that the children, okay, usually are more vulnerable because um, their lungs are not well developed, and um, they, they 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 stay closer to the ground where you have some of these pollutants in higher concentration. Um, so they are more, more, more vulnerable, as well as the aged, uh, the elderly, who are also um, not able to handle the effects of this uh, air pollution, as well as the, the strong um, uh, adults. Uh, then uh, also, we can talk about those who have pre-existing uh, chronic lung diseases chronic obstructive lung diseases, okay, these are exacerbated when they are exposed to air pollution. The WHO says that 99% of the world's population is breathing polluted air. Children and the elderly are most at risk when exposed to these pollutants. And UNICEF is concerned, especially for children in Ghana. If you look at pregnant women, it has an impact on them, on the developing baby in the womb, on when the babies are born. They may have low birth weight, some die, children have uh, pneumonia. So even 50% of children who die from pneumonia, it is from air pollution. Dr. Yimano Chemantin Amor is a health specialist with UNICEF. He explains the strong link between air pollution and infant mortality in Ghana. Children are a group of people who are developing, so their ability to withstand harmful things is lower than you, the adult. Again, children breathing more air at any given time than an adult. So if for an adult in a minute you are breathing about 20 times or 18 times, a child will go higher than that. So imagine if there are harmful things in the air that you are breathing, then because the child is taking in more air of, or more of that harmful substance, that child is going to be impacted. And they develop the diseases faster. I mentioned that when we talk about children, especially those under five, pneumonia and asthma, they can get this just from air pollution. The WHO estimates 28,000 people died prematurely every year in Ghana as a result of air pollution. Poor air quality is mainly caused by cooking, using wood and charcoal, road transport, slash and burn methods of farming, open waste burning, energy generation, accidental fires and industry. The good news is that there are things people can do to reduce their exposure. Dr. Osei says the easiest is to wear a good nose mask. Within the limitations of some of these um, protective equipment like the respirators the N95 uh, at least you can reduce the black carbon and then other particulates emissions um, and uh, yeah and and I think uh, by doing that uh, we can also minimize our exposure experts also recommend reducing exposure to traffic and waste burning as much as possible but dr osei says the real changes will come when government passes laws to regulate emissions and enforces them we should also check the emissions from the exhaust very important because uh, there are some vehicles on the road that should not even be on the road you know especially the diesel the diesel vehicles you know it contains the, the emissions contain a lot of black carbon which we know is is, is also very harmful for 
you know, because for us, for example, we would be interested in see how exposure to, to, to schools, uh, school children, you know, you go, you're moving around, heavy traffic, you, the, the, the planning and the location of some of our infrastructure, you know, uh, has to be regulated. UNICEF's Dr. Tremantin Amoa says tackling the transport sector can greatly improve the air quality crisis. And also if we can look at public transportation and improve it and look at other ways like rail line in the cities. According to the Clean Air Fund, Accra could raise over $28 million in 2024 alone by implementing clean air measures. This story was a collaboration with new narratives. Funding was provided by the Clean Air Fund, which had no say in the story's content. For Joy News, Michael Ashali. And now, uh, 147 schools started the 2023 National Science and Math Quiz. Among these were 17 all-girls institutions uh, setting the stage for a groundbreaking narrative. Two remarkable forces, Wesley Girls Senior High School in St. Louis, SHS, emerged defying conventions and expectations. Jacqueline Ansuma Yeboa has the rest of the story. Once denied their seed, rose from the ashes, ousting three-time champion St. Peter's in a blaze of determination, Wesley Girls Senior High School's journey, a testamental resilience, led them to the semi-final, eyes first on a historic victory, aiming to etch their name as the first all-girls school to clinch the National Science and Mass Quiz title. That with God, their best will be the best, and then... If it's God's will first to get the finals, to get there, and then if it's his will to first to win, we'll also win. Their dreams, however, met an obstacle in the form of Achimota, leaving the world in awe of their journey. Wesley Girls High School, thank you for being here as well. You also came all the way from the prelims and made it into the semifinals. Well done. Unfortunately, we must say goodbye. Meanwhile, St. Louis SHS embarked on a meteoric accent toppling reigning champions at Desidel College and our class in Kumase Anglican School, showcasing their brilliance in a series of victories. And as the old Spanish saying goes, Kisera, Sera, what will be, will be. We have won the cup already. This is just the beginning of our glory. After 13 years, their return to the semi-final stage has become a beacon of hope and pride for the entire school. The school's first ever National Science and Mass Quiz contestant from 1994, now a teacher, Rose A.E.C. beamed with pride heralding the immense another's comeback brought to their legacy. Um, I'm so excited that at long last we've got into this stage. During our time, we got to this stage and were eliminated. As the anticipation builds and the tension thickens, the destiny of these all-girls schools have remained uncertain, with none qualifying to the finale, leaving the question lingering, which of these three remaining schools will emerge victorious in the 30th edition of the National Science and Math Quiz? For Joy News, Jacqueline Azma Yeboa.
predicament. One of Ghana's leading oil palm company, Benso Oil Palm Plantation, is going through a tough time due to an uh, impossible obstacle. The culprit, that's the deteriorating, uh, that, uh, the deteriorating Kijibri and Mpoho Benso Road. Now, um, what was once an economic lifeline has now become a stifling nightmare. Samokujo Brace uh, delves deeper into the challenges faced by the company. Year after year, the government has looked on for the total deterioration of the Kijibri Benso Road. This road, used to facilitate the quick transportation of semi-finished goods from the Benso Oil Palm Plantation, Bob, to their clients in Temer. But today, the road has become a major headache to the company, almost grounding the operations. For the past two weeks, we've not sent any, uh, even a drop of uh, CPU to our refinery in Tema. We had about 12 tankers parked here in our yard as we speak. Just waiting for an improvement in the condition of the road so we can we can send them. We tried one this afternoon, and the, the results has not been quite encouraging. 100 meters distance could take about three minutes with trucks wobbling on the deteriorated road. Bob's estate and plantation manager Kwesi Ba Ofori spoke about the dire consequences of the bad road on the company. So while the road is in this condition, we are not able to send our crude palm oil to our refinery in Kema. And, and it gets to the point that our tanks have to be f- are full and we cannot continue with production. We have to shut down production. And mind you, this plantation employs over 2,000 employees and they are all accommodated on this site. And they all live in the plantation in the estate. So the impact is quite uh, dire. And we are talking about over thousands of farmers who also supply our mill. And once the mill is full of CPU, we will not be able to keep up with the production. And all these farmers will eventually be impacted. Bob is not the only company feeling the pinch. Residents of the area also feel the pain of bumping gullies. Alfred has been driving on this road for two years. We met him repairing his broken down vehicle along the road. This road doesn't help us at all. We suffer a lot on it. When you work for three days, you have to take everything you've got to do maintenance. So are we progressing or retrogressing? This road is terrible. It is not helping us at all. Alfred says vehicular breakdowns leave holes in his finances with client also refusing to pay more for transportation due to the current economic squeeze the driving business is no longer lucrative as soon as it rains taxis take 30 cities meanwhile if the road was good i'm not sure they would even charge 10 cities the residents here who don't have cars suffer so imagine what will happen if there is someone who needs urgent medical attention. We believe with government to come and construct this road for us. Several of the trucks which load Bob's semi-finished product to your client in Tema are grounded in the company for weeks because of the poor nature of the road. Driver Abdullah Moro is frustrated. Because of Kwaninya, and so 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 to our heart too much all the time. So, 
We spend too much time when we come here because of the poor nature of the road. And it often rains in this place too. If the company grader doesn't pull you from this place to Kijebro, for you to continue, you can't go. Even with that, we still suffer. To him, the situation is affecting the finances of the drivers. It is only when you are able to transport the products to Tema that you get your bonus. If you are not able to go, you can't get it. So it affects our finances. The estate and plantation manager for the Bensu Oil Palm Plantation, Kwesi Bar Ofori, says that the nature of the road is having a telling impact on the operations and their contribution to the local economy. I mean, the impact is impact on even the Ghana Stock Exchange. We are quite a big company. We are making a lot of impacts in the lives of the communities within which we operate. Just last uh, year, we bought uh, fruits, palm fruits, to the tune of over 40 million Ghana cities from farmers. This year, as of September, we've bought over 62 million Ghana cities. Yes. That is the kind of amount of money we are pouring in the communities. And uh, once our product is not able to go to its final destination, eventually, if we are not able to send it to the, its final destination, then we can not also continue buying from the farmers. And, you know, the farmers will eventually also suffer losses. Residents and Bob are all calling on government to expedite road construction. Our, our, our wish is that the government takes it up and we know it is, the government is challenged with a lot of rules, a lot of road networks that he has to, to, he's doing his best but we think that looking at the economic potential of this company in this district, I think uh, it would be good if they come in to help. For Joy News, I am Samuel Kodobrace, Benzo, And that's all we have for you in this package of the polls. Log on to myjoanline.com for updates. You see some top stories there. Where Ghana stands now, it calls for grave lamentation. That's according to Justice Atukuba, who will be on app front later tonight with Raymond Aqua. Do you want to make a date for that? Stay with us here on the Joining Channel. We'll see you again. I am blessed with that. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. All distinguished alumni, cherished friends, and well-wishers of the University of Professional Studies Accra, UPSA, to join us as we climax the 58th anniversary of UPSA with the fundraising gala and awards ceremony. The date is Friday, November 3rd, 2023, at the iconic UPSA Auditorium with our guest of honor, Dr. K.K. Sapon, Chancellor of UPSA. Our fundraising gala is not just an event, it's a dynamic opportunity to contribute to the establishment of an endowment fund and the construction of an ultra-modern police station for the UPSA community, as well as rekindling old friendships on campus, networking with business leaders, and getting recognized for your charitable contributions. For tickets and donations, simply dial star 771, star 10 hush, and enter the UPSA code 1850. UPSA Scholarship 
with professionalism. Starting this October 20th to 11th of November, the African Football League. Who is going to be crowned Africa's champion of champions and take the lion's share of the 14.4 million prize money? Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. Every day, people have money emergencies. I need my school fees. Emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Be joyful, 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 be joyful